Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic edition of the Tipped Balls podcast. Today is, let's take a look here, Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. Uh, I am one of the hosts today, Ol' Zolo, and off to my right is the one and only Uncle Sam. Hello. Uh, somewhere in the Florida Keys today, no longer in Tampa, but coming home as soon as tomorrow is the one and only Sam Randazzo. Hello. <laughs> and of course, behind the decks on the ones and twos, Bruce the Tugboat Venditti. What's up? And we're a little late. We know a lot of you want to hear what we have to say about the Lions, and a lot of you want to hear what we have to what Uncle Sam has to say about Brock Purdy. But before we get to that, because we missed today, we got to go over some injuries and some news and wrap some things up before we get to this quick recap of the week six slate. Sam, why don't you give us some news? Uh, so some news that came out yesterday. Uh, the NFL owners unanimously approved the proposal to not allow in-person head coaching interviews from other teams until after the divisional round of the playoffs is completed. Uh, a lot of people were kind of caught off guard by this yesterday. I guess this is a pretty normal thing that happens Year in and year out, they end up changing when they're allowed to start interviewing coaches from other teams. So uh, not really all that too big piece of news there, but obviously if your coaches are there, they are staying there until after the divisional round. Um, yet, wide receiver signing yesterday. Uncle Sam's going to love it. The Philadelphia Eagles signed a wash-up, has been similar to him, uh, Julio Jones. Julio Jones is going to be a Philadelphia Eagle going forward. So um, don't know how much of an impact he really has. Obviously last year he was plagued with injury, but wasn't all too effective when he was actually on the field for the, for the bucks last year. So he's a good blocker. Int yeah. Interesting. Nonetheless, he's a good blocker. Interesting. Nonetheless, um, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence told uh, told the reporters that he's optimistic he'll play Thursday with a minor knee sprain. Um, to me, that injury doesn't sound like one where you're playing it on, on a short a short week. But I guess if he's going to give it a try, he's going to give it a try. I don't know if I was the Jags if I'd be jogging him out there because it seems like the season's just starting to hit their stride. But that's going to be one to monitor, see what he can do with the knee sprain and a short week. Uh, this weekend, obviously, there was a ton of big-name injuries. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, David Montgomery. So we had a lot of guys go down this week. But one of the biggest ones, one of the ones I was saddest to hear about was uh, it seems like Anthony Richardson – is going to miss the rest of the year. Uh, Jim Irsay said yesterday that he is going to have season-ending shoulder surgery. So that's – hate to see that, but, uh, you know, and not proud to say that Uncle Sam called that one from, from the get-go this year pretty much. You know, when a guy is putting his body on the line like he was, um, it's just uh, – it's really sad to see that one. David Montgomery, I've been I've read that he's going to miss at least two weeks, at least the next two games. I mean, that would put him back after the bye, essentially, because bye is after uh, Oakland, right, or after Vegas, right? 
after Vegas, after Monday night. So it goes yeah, so- Baltimore, Oakland, or Raiders, bye, and then it would be the Chargers game out of the bye. So I, I got a feeling we're not going to see David Montgomery till the Chargers game. I think that's probably a safe bet at this point. I have it on very good authority. Um, I can tell you guys after the show that Jameer Gibbs will be back this week. It's going to be in a very limited role, um, but they're going to have Gibbs. Craig Reynolds is wor- running really well. And on top of that, they re-signed Mohamed Ibrahim yesterday, a guy that knows the system. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets called up from the practice squad for this week. Um, but they have a little bit of a bridge to get them back to Montgomery. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Oh, no. No, please. Chime in anytime you guys would like. Chime in anytime you want. Uh, Leonard Fournette draw, has drawn interest from multiple teams. Uh, he didn't visit anyone yesterday, but plans to this week with Buffalo being his first visit at some point this week, he has said. So do we think Leonard Fournette could possibly be the spark that the Bills need? Uh, As we saw again this week, there's no run game. Yes, but also I heard that it's not going to be the Bills. The the team that he signs with is not going to be the Bills. But, yeah, I do think he would be this. I think he would fit in there perfectly. I think so, too. I, I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world for me. I'm, I'm surprised that it seems like he's going to go to see multiple teams. So, uh, Rams running back Kieran Williams got banged up this weekend. They are not expecting him to play this weekend at this time. So, with that being said, the last piece of news, uh, Aaron Rodgers was seen on the field uh, before the Jets game this weekend, walking around – uh, he had some big, big old shoes on that drew attention. Uh, he came out and said yesterday that he's obviously way ahead of schedule, but there's still many hurdles to clear before he'll be back on the field. But it seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to realistically play again this year, which is just mind boggling to me, but it seems like Rodgers will play. He's a fucking man. With that being said, ain't no wimp like the rest of these assholes. Does anybody have anything to add before we jump into our week six recap? Uh, I still think Aaron Rodgers is trying to cheat death with the Achilles. I don't think he's some special guy that's going to get that done. Uh, I would not be shocked if you see him towards the end of December or whatever. But when we're talking about throwing, he's he's not like he was just sitting there and standing in place and just moving the ball around like to get to the point where he could full blown run and then eventually take tackles with his newly sewn Achilles. I think it's it's a lot more tall of an order, um, but credit to the Jets. And we'll get to that at some point. And, but, and, you know, I, I, th- I think it's a good sign to see him out there moving around. Actually, th- he was throwing the football around. He wasn't really putting anything behind it. But uh, I think that's a good sign right there that he's up and moving around this fast after surgery. Usually that surgery is is this experiment that they tried on him. We'll see what happens with that, if it works or not. Could be renovating the whole, the whole uh, field in that if this works that quickly. And that could translate into other sports and basketball and stuff. Kobe Bryant had to retire because of that same injury. I agree. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, if he's 
if he's back and ready to go in December, I think that that's just, um, yeah, like you said, it's revolutionizing the sport, sports injuries. Um, should we start in London? Yes. The Baltimore Ravens headed to where was this? Was this a Tottenham game or a Wembley game? This is the last one at Tottenham. They're they're going to do more at Tottenham's the official NFL stadium. Now when they built the Tottenham stadium, they had football in mind. So the sight lines are better. There's an NFL field. Um, So this was a Tottenham. They're still going to do one game at Wembley every year from what I understand, but most of the games are going to be at Tottenham going forward. There we go. So at Tottenham Hotspur stadium, uh, the Titans were the home team in this game, but ultimately Baltimore came on top, came out on top, twenty-four to sixteen. Uh, I watched this game. I was. It, it took a second for the. Uh, it took a second for the Ravens to like get going into the stride that we saw them, but before halftime, they already had an eighteen to three lead in this game. Tennessee in the second half made it interesting there for a second uh they came out in the third quarter uh derrick henry had a nice touchdown run uh they tacked on an extra field goal but ultimately um we did see ryan Tannehill go down in this game uh he left the game eight of 16 for 76 yards and a pick with a nice qbr of 37 so and then malik willis came into the game and in five <laughs> passing attempts matched his yardage total so uh could this be a blessing in disguise for the Tennessee Titans? Maybe. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty safe to say you could actually shovel the dirt and throw it on top of them. Well, yes, if but Tannehill misses some time. I, see, I think that if they're if they're forced into playing Malik Willis and Will Levis now forced into it, one of those two guys has to be better than Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is such a lump of petrified dog fucking feces that I can't imagine. One of those two guys can't step up well, to the at problem least is be that better than petrified him. dog shit is the most accurate guy they got. That's the problem. Yeah, but I mean at this at you're at this point, okay. I mean he's completing he completed 50% of his passes in this game before he went down. And I have to give credit to Baltimore's defense because I thought they they played Running a very nice life. game in this. Uh, Derrick Henry, though. Derrick Henry, 12 for 97 and a touchdown. He was able to uh, break off a 63-yard run at one point that brought his average up to eight yards per carry. As far as the Ravens go, Lamar Jackson, 21 for thir- twenty-one of 30 for 223, a touchdown to pick. Uh, he also had 62 yards on the ground. I thought he looked pretty nice this weekend. Uh the Ravens still can't really run the ball much outside of him. That's that's the problem right now. Uh, that just that J.K. Dobbins injury is just pretty glaring. And uh, you know, if, if they could run the football, I would feel a lot safer with this team. But right now, it seems like it's just Lamar Jackson just kept running the ball and running the ball and running the ball because I mean Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and company haven't been very effective. Mark Andrews was effective, though. Four receptions, 69 yards. Zay Flowers, 650 and a touchdown. I'm sure that made you pretty happy, Uncle Sam. Uh, piggybacking off of what you said, <laughs> it, it's funny you bring up the, the Ravens rushing issues. 
Um, I was watching Michigan on Saturday, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, damn, Blake Corum's going to re- – he's going to look really good in this Ravens offense next year or whoever. They're certainly going to draft a running back. I think they're going to take one in the first three rounds. Um, they're one-dimensional right now with with Lamar, because it's, especially because I, I think there's a lack of trust with the receivers, the way they've dropped balls. Um, and you can get away with just shoving it down the Titans' throats. Um you got the Lions coming in this week, number two in total defense, uh, number one in rushing defense. You're in a division that features Pittsburgh and a tough Cleveland team, and it's not going to be that easy like it was against the Titans. So they really need to add another dimension to the offense at some point pretty soon here. Um, I don't know. The Ravens, they they look good, then they look bad, then they look good, and they look bad. I didn't think they looked, like, world-beating enough against the Titans, like I would have liked to have seen. Agreed. Um, it's it's interesting. I think they I think they put on a good show Sunday against the Lions. I think I think they get more on track to what they want to be against the Lions this Sunday at home. One one play I saw in this game that I was shocked by was the Kyle Hamilton ejection. Uh, I thought that that was just that was such a bang bang play, and, and I really didn't see the intent there. And for you to throw out one of their best secondary players on on a on a play that happened like that, I really didn't like that call from the officiating in this game. Um, outside of that, I thought as far as the London games have gone, this this game was this game was pretty pretty good for the London game standard. Like there was just enough offense. Both teams played defense. Nobody came out like dead flat. I, I thought it was a pretty good game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, it uh, all the London games weren't. I mean, they weren't world like again. They weren't like, oh wow, did you watch that? But they were closer than usual. Um, they at least went into the second half, and they weren't perfect, but they were all serviceable games. So the yeah. slate gets a little better in uh, in Germany. I know the first Germany game is it's uh, it's Chiefs Dolphins, and that's oh, going to wow. be uh, a blast in Frankfurt. And I can't remember the second game, but the German games are a little bit better than the London games. So. Uh, we will see how that goes with these international oh, ones. Shit. They should stay and in another the game States. that had a 24 to 16 final score, the Washington commanders headed down to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Uh, both these teams now are at, sitting at 500. Uh, both are three and three. Washington did beat Atlanta though. 24 to 16. Uh, I, I still can't get, I still can't get, a proper read on either of these teams. I mean, everybody said Desmond Ritter couldn't really throw the ball. I mean, he threw the ball. He threw it to the wrong team three times. But, I mean, Desmond Ritter with 47 pass attempts in this yeah. game. Listen, I, I had invested interest in this one because I have – I didn't mean to interrupt you again. That's no, twice now. Are you keeping tally? Because I am. Let me put it down here. Listen, Zolo. do your thing. Stop apologizing. To interrupt him. Sam, zero. Um I had invested interest in this one because I have Desmond Ritter in my two quarterback league and he, you know, you got to start two quarterbacks. There's such a drop off after like the 10 or 12 quarterbacks that no matter who you play in the second spot, even in a 10 team league, it's probably not going to be good. And this was a combination of Mike Smith, I think, as well. Who I, I actually think he's a good coach and I love his systems. I love what they've been doing. I, I think Kyle Pitts got on the board. Um, this is a combination of Mike Smith and Ritter. They had they had fourth and one with six minutes to go. And 
they had this whole complex. They're in shotgun. They had this whole complex system where he was calling audibles, and they had they had, took a delay game, and then they had to call a timeout, and then out of the timeout he threw the first pick, and then the second pick later on when they were driving to win was also bad. And I just think that your offense isn't simple enough if this guy's just throwing the ball away. I think they need to, I think they need to simplify the offense for him because the pieces are there. Um, so get that right, and who knows? Maybe the things can be fixed in Atlanta. But also, I think there's enough of a body of work at this point on the Falcons that I don't think they can compete with either the Saints or the Bucks. That's just my opinion. See, I I still have to disagree with you a little bit. I after seeing Tampa Bay the way I did this weekend, I mean, there was nothing that impressed me about Tampa this weekend, and I was sitting there the whole time thinking, this uh, this is going to be a two horse race coming down the stretch between Atlanta and, and New Orleans because I just feel like we're we're about at that point where we're going to see that Tampa fall off, but but. I really don't understand where that rushing attack that was there for the first three year, first three games of the season for Atlanta went. It's like they can they can do one thing or the other, right? Either Desmond Ritter is going to throw the ball fifty times, or they're going to not throw the ball and just run. I think they need to find more of a medium in there. But what did we think about Washington getting a W this week? With, I mean, seemingly what what, what seems like a very average offensive performance at best uh uncle sam let's let me hear about your boy uh sam howell he had a nice bounce back game Ah, uh, he's serviceable he's very serviceable i mean i thought he played well i don't think he played bad you know he goes through his progressions he makes the right read he uh delivering the ball very he doesn't favor anyone he kind of spreads the ball around i like that they were what they should have been against Chicago uh, yes. on Sunday. I thought uh, slightly better defensively um, against Chicago, and then if this was the offense, it it would have worked a little more. They they didn't abandon Brian Robinson, which I think is key for That's them. Key. Um, they get the ball around really well between all three: Scary Terry, Dotson, and uh, and uh, uh, Curtis Samuel, who has been good for them for a couple weeks, and. I think they have one of the better pass-catching tight ends in football and Logan Thomas. and Underused. They just need to be more balanced because it seems like Sam Howell can, at a minimum, make the throws. Do I think he's the future? Probably not. I think they'll invest in a quarterback at some point. But uh, Sam Howell was very serviceable. And if you go on the road and win, no matter where it is, I, I take that into account. What was his numbers, Howell? Anybody got his you numbers? You got him on hand, Sam? I do have them on hand. Uh I know the QBR was right around 119. I think the yardage was right around a one. Okay, here we go. He was 14 and 23 for 151 and three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that'll yeah, win you'd you like games. You'd like to see the that yardage number go up a little bit, but they ran the ball real good. So that, that kind of balanced everything out for him. Yeah. Brian Robinson had 10 rushes for 31 yards. Whoever Chris Rodriguez Jr. is had four for 23. Antonio Gibson, three for 15. Sam Howell ran the ball four times as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's just enough to get the W. That's all it was. It was just enough to get the W. And I think most of Washington's wins this year are going to be just enough to get the W. Shall we move on? Yeah, please. 
Minnesota Vikings had a nice little divisional game against the Bears over the weekend. Uh, Minnesota came out on top at Soldier Field, nineteen to thirteen. Um, Tyson Beignet, what's his name? Tyson Baggett. Uh, Tyson Badgett. Baggett. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's something like that. Baggett. Baggett. Yeah. What uh, <laughs> this game gave me a headache to watch. Kirk Cousins, twenty-one of thirty-one for one hundred eighty-one yards and a touchdown. Obviously, there was no Justin Jefferson here. So. If, if we look at Kirk Cousins' body of work through this year, um, I, I'm pretty sure this was his first game with less than 250 passing yards so far this year. And I think the big re- part of that is Justin Jefferson because I don't think all of a sudden this Bears defense just figured out how to get it together. Um, I will say the Bears are really bad. Like the Bears are really, really bad. Deonta Foreman, 15-65. He was the only healthy running back they had this weekend. Uh, DJ Moore, 5-51. for 51. What, what? If you're the Bears, what, what are you doing going forward? Because I, I, don't, I don't know if there's any answers. You think Fields is going to miss some time? or I think it's, I mean, they're not going to let him back in until it heals. So, yes. yeah. I, th- I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back much sooner than later. Yeah, but they're they're gonna wait for it to be fully healed because they need to know what they have in fields before they make any decisions next year. Huh. Well, they got the first I, two picks, so I think he's gonna miss a couple weeks, and and ultimately, I, I think you're gonna see them. It's so hard because when when you're judging when you have two first round picks and you're judging the future of your franchise based off of what Justin Fields has had to work with up until this point. I think it's hard to, but by the time this year's over, I think you're going to know everything that you need to know going forward, whether or not this guy is, is workable. Or plus, it's time plus to you know what? It's easier for them at this point. If they need to move on at the end of this year, they have the collateral to do it. So, I mean, if, if they're to that point, what do you do? You dump field, you trade them, whatever, push them out of there and uh, get your guy. You know. There's too many quarterbacks. There's too many quarterbacks this year for, for in my opinion, for them to not take a quarterback. I know you, you saw it as yeah. well as I. Uh, Bo Nix versus Michael Penix lived up. And Michael the, Penix was a monster. And the guy that game. we thought would make it happen, which is Michael Penix. Yeah. Um, I mean, he looks, especially after Caleb Williams takes a loss, I still think Caleb Williams is the best pro prospect. I just think he's got a coach that chokes everything away in Lincoln Riley, and I think he's phoned it in for USC. Um, There's too many good quarterbacks for Chicago to not consider taking a quarterback. They could trade pick one and two and end up somewhere else in the top ten or somewhere else in the first round and still get a quarterback that, in my opinion, will be better than Justin Fields. Um, a lot of people are freaking out over the eight touchdowns and one interception over the last two weeks for Fields and saying, oh, you look, this is it. This is the Fields. Well, this was the first serviceable team and serviceable defense that you had to go against after that streak started. And he was bad against, a, in, what, in my opinion, which is a, a banged up and not really good Minnesota defense. Right. Um, and that game was close too, and he still wasn't making the plays. He still didn't look good. He still did well, interceptions. Jefferson, it's obviously that, that Minnesota 
isn't really a threat to anybody. I don't no. think. No. Uh, good for Jordan Addison, though. He's he's coming into that number one yeah. role really nicely, and he's now the leader in the clubhouse for the rookie wide, wide receivers, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I was going to say that, yeah, too. he's a lot better than Osborne, that's for sure. 100%. I would just – if Minnesota could figure out how to run the ball, man, they just that, can't run the That's what's killing them is they're not balanced. No. Yeah, where's Cam no. Akers? Cam Akers had one run for eight yards. Why yeah, trade for him? I don't. I don't understand that. I I don't know. Maybe it's. I mean, I can't imagine that Minnesota's offense is all that complex. It's you know, is run this the guy ball that big that. of a cancer where these coaches are just not playing him and he's healthy. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I mean, Madison's is that is that what guy. it is? Madison's their guy. They've shown they've shown their hand on that. That he's going to be their guy because he's been ineffective and he's still. Yeah, he's he's not but a God. running back one. No, but I mean, no. is Cam is the thing is we've seen at times Cam Akers can be the running back one, but for some reason it just doesn't it doesn't last. It just doesn't work. So next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks heading into Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Uh, it looks like we got we have a matchup of two future wild card teams here. Um, ultimately, Cincinnati again just gets gets out of this with a win, barely seventeen thirteen over the Seahawks. Uh, this this back and forth thing with Cincinnati now kind of has me through a hoop because we see them they looked really good. They looked really bad to start off the year. Then they had a second where they looked pretty good. And even though they got a win this weekend, they still did not look good to me. They can't run the ball. I don't Joe think makes you're it. thrown off. You just called them a wild card team. Um, and I, I'm well, that's sl- because I was so sure we were talking about the one or two seed in the AFC. So I'm, I'm still thrown off because I think they're only a wild card team. And that bottom half of the AFC is completely up for grabs. I I think my prediction, which looked really bad before, number one, I, I'm inclined to agree with you on Cincinnati. I, I think they're going to find a way to get in. They're slowly improving. And Seattle wasn't at their best, but I, I truly take stock in, in this Seattle win. I just think things were all bad for those NFC West teams that went to Ohio. I think they couldn't handle the cold and the rain and the wind. Um <laughs> And I think that they they were just, Cincinnati was just tougher, and um, I take stock in this win. I think this is a big win. I think it was their most complete game and their best win. And I think my prediction of three teams getting in from that division is is going to hold because I think one of Pittsburgh or Cleveland is going to get in it well, just because the bottom half of the NFC or the AFC is just it's bad outside of the division winners. And there's there's room there's a window open for Cincinnati, for Cleveland, for Pittsburgh, and even the Jets to come in there and seize uh, to and seize seeds six or seven. It's going to come from two of those teams, in my opinion. Uncle Sam, I agree. I totally agree with you. Do you like what you saw from the oh, Bengals? Yeah. Or yeah, well, I, you know what? I wasn't surprised by it. I took Cincinnati. I, I kind of knew they were going to come in there and punch him in the mouth. You guys were both right, and I was wrong. I just thought Seattle was really good, um, and apparently they have things to work on. 
they're they're beatable, and the way to beat them, it just seems like, is you need to be in control of the tempo of the game. Um, that's there, exactly there, what happened. There's something a little off with them right now. I, I don't know Good. what it is. I don't know if it's Geno Smith. It's G- Geno Smith is garbage. Yeah, he's he's he is garbage. He's not the Geno Smith of last year. No, I he's agree not the Geno Smith that we've seen against the Lions. I agree with you, and I also think they're not great running the ball. I think Kenneth Walker's a facade. Uh, he's very good in the red zone, and from a fantasy standpoint, people keep going, "Oh, Kenneth Walker's RB five. He's he's really touchdown dependent. Go look at his yards for almost every game. They're not there. Yeah, and uh, that's because they're not effectively running the ball. And if they don't have play action, well, that's, it's going to be hard. Injuries on their offensive line too are Doesn't starting help. to come through now. Doesn't they're missing help. both their left. Their left and right, starting left and right tackles. I yeah. thought they get, didn't they get one of them back though. I, I don't know that for sure. Regardless, you're yeah. you're right. Their offensive line has issues, and I think it trickles down. I think it Correct. trickles to Geno, and it trickles into the run game. Even a lot, even the Lions had issues because they're missing both of their starting guards. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see that happen where your normal production is not there because of those pieces are gone off that line. Uh, well, this is your time to gloat now, Uncle Sam. People, I've, I got, for as many texts as people texted me saying, I can't wait to, for you and Uncle Sam to fight about Brock Purdy last week, the same amount of people want to hear what you have to say about what Brock Purdy did in Cleveland on, uh, on Sunday. Long story short, I'll recap it and then we'll pass it over to you. Go ahead. Uh, Purdy was bad. He lost McCaffrey. He lost Debo ineffective he couldn't he couldn't throw the ball um i mean both quarterbacks couldn't throw the ball but brock purdy wasn't making the throws when he needed to at the end i'll give him this credit even though i thought he was horrible on sunday i'll give him this credit when he needed to at the end he did drive them down the field and put them in position to win the game and jake moody who has been money all year missed two kicks in this game including i think it was a 42 yarder i don't know what it was 52 52 he missed the game winner after purdy did leave them down the field but san francisco looked human and they looked beatable and I think the as big of a story as as San Francisco choking is, I think a really big story here as well is is Cleveland. And if you're a Browns fan, you ha- will you will you bark for me please for them beating no, the Niners? No, not yet. If you're a Browns fan, <laughs> they need to make it to the playoffs. Do a little damage. If, win the Super Bowl. If you're a Browns fan, I I think that it could be a really frustrating storyline because Deshaun Watson's out. He's not going to play again probably this next week. He's cleared and he's healthy, but the issue is he can't. I, I think it's his shoulder. It's a rotator cuff injury. Injury. He cannot drive the ball when he's throwing it. So he could snap it a little bit and there's wrist motion, but he can't drive through the ball like this to get the ball downfield. And they're waiting for that to happen before they bring him back. And if you have a serviceable Deshaun Watson, Jim Schwartz's defense is playing so fucking lights out for them right now that not only could they get into the playoffs, they can win that division. They can win that division. I think this is a big win regardless of Debo going out and McCaffrey going out. I thought their defense was extremely effective against Brock Purdy. And on top of that, I thought their offense with P.J. Walker slightly moved the ball on that Niner defense. And they do enough well that they can hang around in that division. But go ahead. Start with Brock Purdy and then go to the Browns afterwards, Uncle Sam. Well, I think you got to start with the Browns. The defense. Jim Schwartz is a is an excellent defensive coordinator. Ben Nabb, when he was in Tennessee, he was just 
He's been around the block. Ain't nothing you're going to throw at this guy that he hasn't seen before. And guess what? You give this guy enough time to game plan, obviously he can game plan against any team in the league. Obviously. Because, and I told you guys, maybe about a couple weeks back, and everybody was saying, oh, you know, it's Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland's defense is top five defense at this point. That's how they're playing. Top five. Right, you, people, you can you you can argue that people real I I agree I think they're a top five defense in yeah. the league I don't know if the stats back it up but just watching them they they totally are yeah because that when that front end and back end are clicking together they're very hard to beat but you can't avoid Brock Purdy this is your time to well blow. you know what Brock Purdy is exactly what I said Brock Purdy is oh Jesus he's serviceable at best that's what he is and I told you before anybody can play in that system. They lost McCaffrey, they're done. Without McCaffrey, they will not do anything. McCaffrey, and, by the and way. And they will be just the way they were last year. Before they got Brock Purdy, they were very beatable. They were winning games. Before before they got McCaffrey last year, they had the same issues. They couldn't move the ball consistently. They didn't have anybody. You had Garoppolo back there trying to make the throws. Without McCaffrey, real, real and, quick, and they were beatable. Real quick on McCaffrey, um, it's he's going to make a push to play this week. There's a theory that they're going to keep him out. It's probably going to be about a week on McCaffrey. He's going to try to play, but I, I personally don't think we see him this week. But go ahead, Sam. If they, you... if they were smart, they would leave him out. If they were smart, they would leave him out. And Brock Purdy is exactly what I. What's Brock Purdy's numbers in that game, Sam? You got it? 12 for 27 for 125, a touchdown and a pick. Yeah, that's absolute dog shit. That's dog shit numbers. So That's dog shit. In fairness, all four quarterbacks in the two Ohio games and then in those outdoor Midwest games, no one put up crazy numbers. It was windy. It was rainy. It was shitty. This was was a historic week for unders. I don't know if you guys know that. The unders hit in all but two games. Uh, it might have been all but three games. I think one game might have tied. But this was a historic week for unders because of the storm system that moved in. I still think, I, regardless, you're not wrong. I take stock in Debo going out and McCaffrey going out and them Phew. struggling to move the ball until until later on in the fourth quarter. I think he got it going eventually. Uh, that's a really tough defense to get it going against. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the Brock Purdy is who I thought he was. Uh, a conversation because I that's fair that's your opinion and yeah. I know it um I definitely want to see that's the that's one of the first times he's played from behind before but that's one of the few times he's had to play from behind and he couldn't get it done so it's something to get an eye on keep an eye on uh Sam before we get to you I just want to go over the Niners schedule going forward um they go to Minnesota next week that looks enticing then the Bengals come to them they have to go to Duval to play Jacksonville. Um, Tampa comes to them. They have to go to Seattle. They have to go to Philly. Seattle comes to them. Then they have the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Commanders, and the Rams. I see one or two more losses left on their schedule, at least. And then we'll get to the Eagles when when we go over the Eagles game. But same drill. I think the NFC is more up for grabs than we think it is. But, Sam, go ahead. I've cut you off again. It's now 3 nothing in no. terms of score. Go ahead. Keep, keep cutting me off. I have no issues with it. Listen, I mean, the same person who's sitting here saying Brock Purdy is who we thought he was uh, when Miami came out a couple of weeks ago and put up an absolute dog shit dumpster fire and lost by 28 points to Buffalo – 
they were just flat. You know what I'm saying? So, I, yes, he lost McCaffrey and Debo halfway through. Yes, obviously, if they knew that going into the game, Kyle Shanahan would have planned differently. I'm not going to sit here and say that I think San Francisco is anything less than a 14-win team still. I'm exactly where I thought I was last week. I think they're a 14-win team. The last few weeks, they didn't look like they were going to lose a game. At a minimum, I think they're – at the worst, I think they're a 14-win team. Out of all the games that you just said in there, if they trip and fall against one of those teams, maybe Baltimore matches up well against them, and they lose to Philadelphia, they're still a 14-win team. So – Regardless, I think if you give Purdy time to actually adjust to not having if Debo, I don't think Debo is all as big of a loss as everybody's making it out to be. No, I agree with you. I agree in times you. where Debo hasn't played, Ray Ray McLeod actually steps up and has decent games. If they're without McCaffrey, obviously that's a giant hole. But if they give him time to, to work without McCaffrey, it might look better. I think they came out flat. I think their defense came out very flat. I mean, San Francisco usually, they allowed 84 yards on the ground to Jerome Ford, 47 to to Kareem Hunt. Like, that is not your normal San Francisco defensive day. (laughs) Amari Cooper had 108 yards. Like, they came out flat. And they probably got, they, they got beat by a quarterback they thought they had absolutely no business being on the field with. That's it in a nutshell. To me, it felt a lot like that Miami-Buffalo game from early in the year. Obviously, nobody thinks Miami is, is, you know, three touchdowns worse than Buffalo. I, I don't think San Francisco is a te- Teams, when they're playing like this, you're undefeated, you're whatever, 5-0, and oh, whatever. You, you come into a game, and guess what? They thought it was going to be a cakewalk, and they got punched in the mouth. They got punched and in the mouth. This is what happens in this league, and, and that's just it. Yet no team is is unbeatable. I think those days of the seventy two Dolphins, seventeen and zero. Guess what? Seventeen is regular season now, so that not even counting the playoffs. So it, that shit is isn't going to happen. And I don't believe that at all. How violent I, I don't the game is. Any team could get hot enough. You need big time luck. And hot enough to go seventeen and zero. How violent the game anything. is too. The the injuries. Yeah. It's it's oh, impossible. Yeah. Like unless you have a truly deep like three deep, deep team, three deep. Yeah. You got to be three deep at every position. Uh, I think one day we will see it. It's not going to happen soon. It's not going. It's it's going to take it's a second. It's so hard, especially nowadays too, because you know the game has changed so much of what it used to be. I mean, you can't – I can you think off the top of your head how many backup quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl? Uh, Nick Foles. Doug Williams with Doug Washington. Williams. Yeah. Jeff Hostetler with, well, really? uh, with the Giants. I, I, I mean, it just – it happens. Unless you've got somebody that's serviceable backing your guy up, dude, you're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Look what, look what happened over the weekend. Justin well, Fields goes down. They they pulled some kid off the street. I don't even know who the fuck he is, and, and he he cost him the game with this fumble. Not not that it, it was all his fault. I mean, he got clobbered. I get it, but it doesn't matter, dude. Listen, you could be the best team there is, and it's already shown you. Does everybody think that the 49ers were the best team in the first five weeks? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Absolutely they won. I think they'll be the best team in the next five weeks. Well, I, I mean, this is maybe a wake-up call for them. It's probably the best thing that could have happened to them. Agreed. Over there for the Detroit, going, coming yes. at home in Seattle, get punched in the mouth at home. Yeah. Look at look at that. The Lions Th- there's needed your, that loss. There's your gauge to go by. The Lions needed that loss. We'll we'll get to it in a little bit. Sam, I know you're trying to sneak in a comment right now. We'll get to it in a little bit. The Eagles needed that loss. The Niners certainly needed this loss. And it's it's we're gonna take a step back now and we're gonna reevaluate this whole picture. What were you gonna say, Sam? Uh real quick about Cleveland. All right. And and I like the way that Cleveland's defense played this weekend and you know, it seems like there's been a lot of times where they've obviously missed Nick Chubb, but they're able to get it done without him as far as running the ball goes. If they can't get some sort of consistency at quarterback, obviously we saw last week the kid from UCLA wasn't the answer. I genuinely don't think the P.J. Walker is the answer. Like, if Deshaun Watson isn't healthy – at least healthy enough to throw the ball. I don't think we can see. I, I know you guys are both pretty high on Cleveland. I don't think this team can can get much further than they are right now. They have, they've got to get Deshaun Watson on the field and healthy because if they can, if they can, much like another team that we're going to talk about, i.e. the New York Jets, if they can, this team, this team could could be a playoff team, but they can't do it without that missing. You can't, you're not going to go to the playoffs with P.J. Walker. It's just not going to happen. Did you see that catch that Amari Cooper made on the sideline, by the way? Oh, My man was money. Did you see it? The catch he made on the sideline? Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the Owen 6 Carolina Panthers took on the Miami Dolphins down in South Beach. Miami came out on top 42-21. to 21. Uh, Do we have much here? Yeah, they were down seventeen nothing. Yeah, so that you could you could see the number one Adam Thielen has has evolved into a massive threat both for in professional football and and in fantasy. Adam Thielen is a top five wide receiver in the league right now. The way he's playing, um, <coughs> excuse me, and you could see. I mentioned you last week that they've been talking about simplifying things for Bryce Young. And you could see it firsthand, and it, and it showed. I thought Bryce Young was very serviceable. Uh, the difference in this game was Panthers' defense versus that very vaunted uh, Dolphins' offense, and eventually they were just able to turn it up really well. Um, so not much outside of that. I liked what I saw from Bryce Young. I thought he was I thought he was much improved. I I agree with you. I was shocked to see them down uh, to start off this game, but for some reason it wasn't one of those where I was like, okay. Miami's in trouble here just because, I mean, it was against Carolina. And I think Miami actually ran the risk of coming out flat again like they did against Buffalo. But they were able to overcome because they were playing Carolina. And that is worrisome to me about Miami. How many times are you going to come out – are you going to come out not ready to play and be able to jump over a 17-0 to deficit and come back to win the game? I don't think it happens too many times. But – I will say Miami, when they decided to turn it on, my God, it's like flicking a light switch for them. It just comes on so fast. It comes on with so much, uh, just so much. The accelerant when, when Miami's offense is on is, is crazy. Mostert again with another fabulous game. Tyreek Hill just keeps doing what he's doing, but yeah, you do have to give credit. 
I mean, Thielen had a 115-yard game and a touchdown, uh, and, and I agree. Bryce Young looks much more comfortable now than he did to start off the year. I mean, Carolina's got to get a win eventually, right? I was just going to ask. We think they're going to get a win, right? Yeah. They're going to get it eventually. Get I, it I think they're going to take down one of those teams in their division just because I don't think they're that I good. I truly believe if they weren't playing Miami this week, they would have beat whoever they played. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they got Houston coming up next out of the bye. That should be a great game. Ooh. That should be a great game. Number one versus number two and three. That <laughs> should know, be good. Actually, actually, their next three are Houston, Indianapolis, and Chicago. Well, they should have a win. They've got to get one of, in there. At least maybe two out of those three. I don't know. I don't know. Let's not get carried away now. Oh, they do. You know what? They play Tennessee the week of Thanksgiving and then at Tampa. They, they Out of the next six games, they should come out with two wins. I, I think they'll get the gist is they're going to get a win. I think they're going to get a win at some point here. If not, they'll take a team down in Charlotte towards the end of the year. Again, probably divisional. Charlotte's actually a tough place to play as the Lions on Christmas Eve last year. Um, I think eventually they'll get the, I'm I'm not worried about them. And and the, the ship's headed in the right direction now. It's it's a long play. That was always a long play there. Next up. We've got a divisional game. Indianapolis headed down to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Uh, Duvall came out on top in this game, 37-20 to 20 against Gardner Minshew. Um, is it safe to say that throwing in your backup quarterback to throw the ball 55 times in a game uh, is uh, just kind of wild to me? Uh, Gardner Minshew especially on a team where you have Zach Moss, who was running the ball lights out, and Jonathan Taylor. But Gardner Minshew, 33 for 55, 329 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions on the day. Uh, is Minshew as serviceable as we thought he was? No, well, this this happens every time. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, listen, that's some Brett Favre numbers right there. <laughs> Brett Favre's the only guy I've seen that could throw three picks and still win by fucking – 17. <laughs> uh, th- this happens every time with Minshew. He c- he comes out early, you know, the first one or two games, and he's very good, and then it just it plateaus afterwards that you're able to game plan for him. He's He'll be a great backup in this league. I don't think he's the guy that's going to pilot the the Colts offense uh, going forward, but they have, they have a lot of weapons to work with. I wouldn't count Indianapolis out to get more wins under their belts. Uh, I just don't think that they're going to be able to make the leap in the division like people might have thought they would. I don't think they're going to end up being a wild card team. I think this is just a building year for them. And um, I hope we see Richardson before it's all done this year because Josh Downs is starting to emerge. Pittman's having a great year. Uh, things have been great with Taylor and Moss. And I'd, I'd like to see I'm, – I'm curious about Indiana's offensive future. So I was reading something that there's a serious – there's a serious chance that Jonathan Taylor could still get moved before the trade deadline if they if they don't love the way that things are going. Uh, I mean, obviously, he just signed a massive deal, so I don't know who he really can't sign a massive deal and give Zach Moss twenty carries a game. That's not going to happen. It's it's hard to unseat Zach Moss right now, yeah. right? And that's and you know, I think if there's any owner in the league who would do it. 
who would say, okay, we, we gave him this money. We gave him that money to see, you know, what he was really made of and then take Jonathan Taylor and trade him at the deadline. I think it's Jim Irsay. Like, I think there's a, still a, a situation. On oh, the I, I, I would say that Irsay with a couple shots of fucking cognac is going to trade him before, before week seven. Yeah. Or at week I think seven. it could happen still. Yeah. I think it's still on the table. But I do agree with you, Solo. Uh, Pittman has looked good. Uh, even some of these other guys that you haven't heard of, like Kylan Granson, three for 67 this weekend. Uh, the, you know, there's guys stepping up for this team that, that are, are making these games competitive and at least giving them, you know, a shot with without Richardson. Uh, have we seen enough out of the Jacksonville Jaguars yet to give them this division? Are we there yet? I'm there. It's just, it's just bad. It's just a bad division. It's just bad. I, I thought Houston. I thought Houston was ready to take the leap. They're a good team. I just don't. I don't see them stacking up with the. Listen, the AFC is wide open. It's wide open for who's going to get into the playoffs. Some of these divisions are wide open. It's wide open for who could take down Kansas City. Um, so at some point, I really think they're gonna they're gonna snap into place. Uh, what's going on with Trevor Lawrence? Um, so Trevor Lawrence, it's looking like he's going to play this weekend with a knee sprain. Um, they said obviously they're gonna monitor it throughout the rest of the week, or I mean, excuse me, the game's tomorrow. They're gonna monitor it tomorrow morning and before the game make a game time decision. But it looks like he's still gonna play even on short rest. Well, um, which worries me. That doesn't make me happy because, in all reality, I, I don't really. I get it. They want to trot him out there. They, you know, but if they're he's able to go, he's able to go. I wouldn't worry about that. I'd rather him sit this week, come back next week against Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, and then Who go. They into play the this ball. week. They play New Orleans at New Orleans. Yeah. I already know who's big Sam win for them. In that one by that, yeah. They they want some separation between them and uh, the rest of these teams. Listen, I get that, but if if there's a situation where where Trevor Lawrence misses time, and you're going on the back of C.J. Beathard for the for your playoff push, I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Rut row. Yeah. Big time. So I would make sure I would make damn sure Trevor Lawrence is ready to go because right now that offense moves through him. ETN has showed us at times that, you know, yeah, he can have big days, but ETN is not your consistent big day running back. He had two touchdowns this week, which obviously is what what won them the game, but like Jacksonville can't depend on the run 100% yet to carry them through games. So you need Trevor Lawrence out there. You need him. It's kind of kind of ironic how how Zach Moss is absolutely tearing an ass through with Indy there, and he didn't do shit in Buffalo. See the difference between a team that wants to commit to the run and a team that doesn't. Yeah, but this is what I don't understand. If you're going to commit to the run, you have two great running backs. Commit to the run. Yeah. Don't let, don't let Gardner Minshew go out there and throw the ball sixty times. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's that's where I the two just prior didn't weeks understand. before this game they committed to the run and, and my man was gashing people. 
Yeah, I agree. Next up, the New Orleans Saints headed to Texas to play the Houston Texans. Houston came out on this one 20 to 13. Oh, excuse me. God, Houston came out on top in this one 20 to 13. Um, big win for Houston, I think. I, I would say this is a big win, especially when you have a day where Derek Carr threw for 350 yards. Uh, CJ Stroud did not have to throw for 350 yards to get this win. And I think this is a there's two things that are, are starting to become pretty glaring for me right now about one about each of these teams. Houston's defense is pretty damn good. And new Orleans offense is just cannot put any points. The new, a game that new Orleans is in is the best under you have ever bet because it's, you're, it's just, it's just not, they cannot generate points. They cannot generate enough movement to get them down the field and score. I, I just don't understand it, especially in a game. Derek Carr is 353 yards. Kamara has 68 on the ground. They were able to spread the ball around every wide receiver that's that's serviceable on that team, and they come out of it with 13 points. Just doesn't make sense to me, but I do have to give credit to the Texans' defense. They are better than I thought they'd be, and their red zone defense has actually stepped up in a massive way. Uh, just with New Orleans, um, I didn't think they were going to be that good of a team this year. Um, I'll give them a little bit credit, a little bit of credit on their defense. I think their defense is outstanding. Um, they still don't have an identity offensively, and they got some weapons. Alvin Kamara is playing just as good of ball as he has his entire career. Uh, I love Olave and Michael Thomas. They're just not they, they don't they don't know what they want to do and I think it starts at quarterback. It just reminds me of those Raider teams that didn't have an identity with their car. And at some point they're going to have to really invest in the quarterback position and I don't mean making a trade for Derek Carr. I mean they're going to have to put themselves in position to win games in this division and it means it means finding a quarterback that's going to be the reason that you win and not just you know, the guy that bridges you to your defense. I agree. That's what it comes down to. I, I think New Orleans is, isn't really – they don't really have it, in my opinion. I agree. I, I mean, when you got that kind of production on the field and you can't put the ball in the end zone, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, they get down there and it just seems like they forget how to play football when they hit inside the red zone. It just – I don't know, dude. Yeah. Uh, there's no answer for it. It just doesn't seem like it's, it's almost like they're drawing plays up in the dirt. They they, they just kind of guessing at shit. They don't have an identity. San Francisco, you know what their identity is. They're going to pound it at you, pound it at you, and then throw it over the top of you. You don't see that with this New Orleans team. They used to do that. They used to pound the ball at you and then go over the top when they were good, when they were at Super Bowl caliber. We all we all have respect for that Saints defense. Uh, do do we give Houston some props for for winning this game for beating up on that that Saints defense just getting enough to get it done? Well, I mean, Stroud wasn't. I mean, it's the first game that he didn't throw for over two hundred and fifty yards, and he threw yeah. a pick. So, but they still won. So, what are you going to say? They're a tough, resilient team that has a good coach. That, that's got them going in the right direction. I, I think they're a little ahead of schedule. 
To be honest with you, I didn't think they would be as good as they are right now. 500. I mean, they're they're kind of like the, the feel-good story this year. I mean, they, they've really turned that franchise around. They were the, probably one of the worst franchise run franchises in the league the past five years. So this next game, uh, I would like to refer to this team as living on borrowed time. The Las Vegas Raiders hosted the New England Patriots uh, in Vegas over the weekend. Uh, Las Vegas ultimately comes out on top in this one at 21 to 17. Uh, this was, I believe, a four o'clock game, correct? And so I wasn't, I didn't see much of this game besides what they were showing on the boards uh, at Raymond James. So you guys are going to have to take this one. Obviously, looking at the stat lines here, it's pretty easy to see what went wrong. But what do you guys think? Uh, go, you go ahead, Uncle Sam. I need to. I, I mean, what are you going to? What are you going to say? I, I mean, Garoppolo goes down; they still pull it out. I, I mean, it was probably an uh, it was an ugly game all the way around. Um, they had a shot at the end. The Patriots. Had yeah, a shot they did. The they had a shot at the end. But you know what? I mean, what are they doing? What are they? What is what is Bill Belichick doing? Do we think he's safe? As far as what losing his job? Yeah, he's not going to lose his job. They're not firing Bill Belichick. I certainly don't think it's going to happen midseason. No, Let's that would that happen. Out of the way. If he steps down, it'll be at the end of the year. I mean, at this point, they're so bad. I, I would say, you know what, everybody, I think we were all in agreement that I, we all thought Tampa Bay was going to be the bottom of the barrel this year. Uh, we were all fucking wrong. It's New England. No, and I, I never believed in Mac Jones. You guys know that. I've, I've yeah. always thought he's a farce. Again, another another great team that's going to have a good shot at a quarterback. They're, they're going to get a quarterback. Um, do I think they need more than a quarterback? Yeah, I do. I think that yeah. they're... I know you think they have pieces. I agree. They do have some some pieces, but um, at this point, he needs to transition. Did you guys know he's also just as close, especially if they don't win another game? Did you know he's just as close as breaking the loss record? He's just as close to breaking the, the all-time loss record, which is Jeff Fisher and someone else are tied, as he is to the wins record. He's just as close. Um I think when it's all said and done, he's going to get both of them. Fun. I I didn't know idea about that with Belichick. I didn't know but, that either. Um, so I. Well, you coach this long in the league, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we're transitioning to the next phase of the career with Bill Belichick, which is can you build a team again? Um, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see if his contracts, if his uh, his concepts, excuse me, carry over. I'm excited to see what they do in the future, but they are at rock bottom. Uh, Mac Jones ain't it. It's no longer a short leash. Leash. I think it's just done this year, unless they take a crack at Kirk Cousins. And um, they just need to. They need to get some skill. They can't just win like on game planning and pl- and one big play play. They, they used to be able to do that. Errors. Now they can't. You can't do this in this league anymore. You, you need a little bit of firepower to hang around. Um, and I don't think they have any firepower. So. And then in terms of the Raiders, you know, you could put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. It's you. You, you went into you went into New England, and I don't know. I don't. I don't. You almost lost to a team that can't do anything right now yeah. offensively. 
I mean, defensively that they're they're stout, but offensively they're they're fucking horrible. You all know? the you all the to, Raiders. Where, where's are Hunter doing? Henry? Where's Hunter Henry at? There was a great oh, fuck, dude. Are you, you have kidding to, me? Just wow. for the record, you've got to remember this this Raiders team right now is putrid. Jordan Love not throwing three interceptions to straight to them and Mac Jones being semi-competent away from being a one in five team. I think right now Vegas is the biggest the biggest farce at three and three. This, this Raider team reminds me of the Minnesota Vikings of last year winning all correct. these games with that's a what it points. is. It's yes, just, I agree with you. It's putrid. That's what it is right now. And I'm yeah. gonna say this. It it looks like it's gonna be the Aiden O'Connell show here for, for the next at least week or two. Um well no, who yeah. they have in there? They had uh they threw Brian they threw Brian, Brian Hoyer in when Garoppolo went down, but it's already look according to the Twitterverse, Aiden O'Connell is gonna get the start again this week. Maybe Brian Hoyer was just a Patriot thing, maybe because he could read what they were doing a little bit better or what I don't the, I don't know. What Josh McDaniels scooped him up so Bill couldn't go get him <laughs> yeah. to finish out the season. Probably. And good for them for taking they, a crack on training Aiden O'Connell. I think Aiden O'Connell's a good quarterback. I don't. I don't know what he's going to be in the league. I know he wasn't great in his last start. Well, no, they were. They were. He wasn't bad in his last start. I know it was serviceable, but I'd like to see what he could do. If I'm a Raiders fan, I want to see what all these guys can do at this point. So, yeah. next up, we had a divisional game. Arizona headed to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Uh, Rams made easy work of them, twenty-six to nine. And I'm going to say this: Arizona. It was cute in the beginning of the year when they were staying in some of those games and, you know, they they caught the Cowboys on their sleepy week and beat them. Um, but are, are we are we at the point now where Arizona has fallen back into the, the pit of despair? Yeah, we're just waiting for Kyler Murray at this point, and I do think we're going to see them. I'll say this much. They're, they're still playing these teams tough. Yeah. They're still playing these teams really tough, and you need to be on your game to beat the Cardinals. You, you need to be. Yeah, because if you don't show up, you're going to get punched in the mouth, just like the Cowboys do. You are, and what that makes me transition over to the Rams. The Rams are on their game. The Rams are playing very well right now. Credit to you, Uncle Sam. You said in the offseason, watch out for the Rams. I don't know if you were kidding or not. They had th 13 draft picks that these guys are playing. Sean McVay has yeah. these guys playing. It's not like they're sitting on the bench. Yeah. They're actually playing. Offensively, I think the Rams got a little bit of a mojo going on. I don't think they – they're still going to be serviceable defensively because you, you still got Aaron Donald. Um, and uh, this is an easy divisional game for them. But same drill with the Rams as the Cardinals. Like, you, you got to – you got to at least be decent to beat the Rams. You got you got to have a lot going for you. I think they're one dimensional. I think if you stop, I think if you force Stafford to make th bad throws and you stop their passing attack, you're probably beating the Rams. But right now they're looking like a contender I, for seventh seed. I think that you've seen their game plan, and when the Rams are at their best is when they're running the football, and that's what McVay did this week. He ran the football, and, and they pounded them. What's going on with Kieran Williams, Sam? Speaking of running uh, the football, he's going to be out this weekend against Pittsburgh. It looks like with a uh, with an ankle sprain. They didn't say whether it was a high ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain. Or he just came out and said that MRI showed an ankle sprain of some sort, and that it's, he is expected to be sidelined against. He's expected to be sidelined this weekend against uh, Pittsburgh. So, is it going to be the Zach Evans and Ronnie Rivers show, or is Cooper Cup going to? 
you know, have 250 yards receiving this week. Who I knows? think they really like Zach Evans for what it's worth. I think so too. I think so too. And, and Zach Evans could be the next Kieran Williams. You know, I mean, we all, everybody thought at the beginning of this year would be the Cam Akers show. Kieran stepped right up into that role. So, uh, no one's more unpredictable with running backs than Sean McVay. True. Nobody. Yeah. Um, I, this, this one for me, I'm sorry. I don't see it. The Rams are, are, Listen, if you look at the stat lines from this game, Kevin Williams, 20 for 158 and one touchdown. Cooper Cup, 7 for 148 and one touchdown. Matthew Stafford only threw for 225 yards, and 150 of them were to Cooper Cup. So they, we, we know exactly what the Rams are. If they go up against a properly good defense, I don't think they come out on top right now. But, but this, this, this could help us in, uh, in the NFC here. Because they're still capable of beating a team like the 49ers and the Seahawks. And that's exactly what we want. Yeah, let's just hope they beat Seattle every time they play. Yep. I want to see them sweep Seattle. And then I'd like to see them at least take one from the Niners, too. And I'll tell you why later. Well, Uncle Sam, we finally made it. Uh, in the uh, in the Sal Bowl, Philadelphia went to MetLife to play the Jets. The Jets. Gang Green comes out on top, twenty to fourteen, uh, and in the probably the second biggest shocker of the week, next to San Fran and Cleveland. Uh, w- what happened to where an undefeated team goes in to play Zach Wilson and just gets punched right in the mouth? As Buffalo, this has happened twice now. It's becoming a trend. What's going on? Uh, it's it's Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is the story here. I think I think we that regression talk from the beginning of the year is back on the table. Um, and they, I mean, that was a fully potent. There's some injuries. I know. Uh, yeah, I know. What's his face? Is it Jason Peters, or uh, no? Who's the left tackle? Lane Johnson's injured. Lane Johnson's a little banged up, and he's going to miss some time. And uh, someone else on their offensive line. It's, it's their defense. Um, their their defense is not at full strength. Their defense also. I mean, we said look out for it as the as the Jets could cover that. I think I had the Jets covering. To be honest with you, um, we said look out for it because there was no Slay, no Jalen Carter. Um, yeah. I still don't think the Jets did a lot offensively to win that touchdown. They 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 got a free touchdown at the end with Brees Hall. Uh, he's a big story for the Jets offense. Brees Hall is playing like one of the best running backs in the league. He's at full usage right now as well. But I, I think the story in this game and what went wrong is Jalen Hurts was just not great. Um, Jalen Hurts was not serviceable. He wasn't uh, he wasn't running well, in my opinion. He wasn't getting the ball downfield well. And it showed like that you, you want to beat the Eagles. You need to step up a little bit defensively and watch what happens. That's why Tampa pushed them. That's why the Jets were able to beat him. And, I think and, look, and when you look at the other side of that, you look at Gang Green. They didn't have Sauce Gardner. They didn't have a lot of guys. They didn't have their other starting yeah. corner too. Reed. DJ Reed, yeah. DJ Reed was Reed's also out. out. So without their two starting corners against that Philadelphia offense that was unable to get any kind of consistency going, running or throwing, um, they were beatable. This is. The issue I had with Philadelphia yesterday is as simple as this. 
Uh, DeAndre Swift had 10 carries. Kenneth Gainwell had two carries. Boston Scott had two carries. And were any of them very effective in their 14 carries? No, they weren't. But this is what's going to happen when you play the Jets. If you go out there and you try to throw the ball 45 times on them, whether or not Sauce Gardner's in there, whether or not DJ Reed's in there, you're going to make mistakes. That front is so deadly that the Jets have. They're going to force quarterbacks into making throws they don't want to make. They're going to force them into making mistakes. And I mean, if if you're Philadelphia, you can't fall into that trap. I mean, they fell right in, they fell right into it. AJ Brown had a very nice game. Outside of that, nobody else did. I mean, Jalen Hurts was a 59 QBR. We don't, you just don't see that. Um, the Jets offense, I, I'm shocked that I'm going to say this, but they, they can, they, if, they, if they can get, I'm starting to see Uncle Sam's light. If they can get three or four more wins in there by December 1st, I think you see Aaron Rodgers come out and try and take the world by storm because as good as Zach Wilson's playing, obviously there were still some throws that, that, that caught me off guard that he made uh, watching the highlights from this one. Brees Hall had a nice little game. The touchdown definitely helped his numbers, but same thing. They shouldn't be getting away from the run either. I wouldn't mind seeing that Brees Hall, the Brees Hall rushing numbers climb up over 15, get Delvin cook a little bit of work. Like I have no issue with that, but for Philadelphia to fall into that trap and, and completely get away from running the ball, I it was I was very surprised by that. Real quick, looking ahead, same way we did with the Niners. Listen to the Eagles schedule. Same drill. Doesn't get any easier. They have the Dolphins at home this week. That's a loss right now. They go to the Commanders. They have the Cowboys at home. <clears throat> they go to Kansas City. They have the Bills at home. Uh, obviously, Niners and Eagles are happening. It's in Philly this year. Uh, they go to Dallas. Then they have a nice dose at the end of the year. They'll probably have everything locked down by then, but they have the Eagle, They have the Giants at home. They have the Cardinals at home, and then they go to New York to end the year. Um, same drill. I, I see at least two more losses, in my opinion, just looking ahead. Uh, Eagles and Niners have to play each other, so there's a loss there for one of those teams. And, uh, again, I think the top of the NFC is wide open, in my opinion. Can I, can I suggest something here? Yeah. And Uncle Sam might, might crucify me for this, but I think that there's a real possibility on the table right now that Philadelphia, the way that they're playing at the moment, they could lose three in a row right now. They have that loss to the Jets, and then they play Miami this week on Sunday Night Football. And I'm sorry, but right now I didn't see enough out of Philly's defense to shut down the Miami passing attack. And, and the then they go to the third one. They have to go to Washington, which is where they lost last year. Which is where they, they have. I mean, you got to remember, they played Washington That's, two uh, weeks ago and it was a 30, 31. They squeaked it out. That's right. Do you think it's well, a possible? I, they're going to get some guys back this week. So. Uh, Jordan Davis is playing, or I'm sorry, uh, Jalen Carter is playing this week. They're going to get some guys back, so we'll see what happens. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, they put up a good effort. I mean, I, I thought their effort there in New York was subpar. To me, they didn't look uh, ready to play. They came out flat, and they, they got punched in the mouth. That's why they're not 6-0. Uh, 
Next up, the Giants take their first loss in the state of New York in 30 years to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Buffalo comes out, wins this game 14-9. to uh, So I had my phone propped up on the dashboard uh, on a drive from Tampa down to the Keys to listen to this game. Uh, what an ugly fucking game. What an ugly game. It was – it took every bit of Buffalo to come back in the fourth quarter and win this one. Um, Josh Allen, iffy game at best. James Cook actually had a decent game. Um, the Giants just couldn't get – I thought the Giants were going to get in on this uh, underdog luck from this week. But even the Giants can't get just lucky. Uh, yeah, the, I, there wasn't enough to like. I'll say this much. Uh, good for Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. I thought he played yeah. very serviceable. Um, They were a weapon or two away from winning, but Saquon looked okay in his return. Uh, 93 yards on 24 carries. They still don't have some elite pass catcher emerging there, and I think that might have been the difference in this one for Tyrod. I agree. Um. And then Darren I, Waller just held on to that ball. If Darren Waller just, just grabbed that ball. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was a pass interference personally, but. I did um, too, right at the back was, of the end zone there. Totally he was totally getting grabbed. It was clear he was face guarding at least. So um, that, that's a five-yard penalty. Credit to the Giants, though, because I, I did you guys see the Justin Pugh straight off the couch thing? I mean, they yes, lost two more awesome. offensive linemen, and they brought in Justin Pugh off the street. He started at left guard, ended up having to play left tackle after not playing football for a year or two. Yeah. And um, he was serviceable, and he's a free agent now, I think, because of it. Because they yeah. didn't really – they didn't sign – he wasn't signed to the practice squad. So um, the Giants are making do. That's a, that's a tough game, and they came out. Would love to see what they would have looked like this year with a little a little bit more health. Um they're not getting it though, and um, and I think they have that, ninety yards with that offensive line. Yeah, that's something to say right there. Yeah, and again, Tyrod was serviceable, twenty four for, for thirty six for two hundred yards. They just need a pass catcher. They need they need a game changer downfield. I don't know what's going on with Jalen Hyatt. This is the fourth time we've said that on this show. Um, it's tough in Buffalo, but again, all these outdoor East Coast games, same drill, another another under. Josh Allen got a little bit banged up, and they weren't great. And no, they didn't you know, look good at it. They didn't look good at it. I all. don't know that that that's, effort. That's two weeks in a row. It's two weeks in a row. That effort against better teams like Jacksonville, for example, two weeks ago. That effort against better teams is going to lose you games. And just there's something going on in the water in the AFC at the top of the AFC. It's just my opinion. I don't know if there's a clear front runner in the AFC at the moment. I really don't. But it's Miami. It's Miami. But I don't know. It's, it's, you go, it's you go back. If you go back to last year, in the top six teams, only one of them was an NFC team, and now you're starting to see that kind of reverse a little bit. Should we go forward? You want to do Monday night real quick? Let's go do Monday night. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, headed to LA to play the Chargers. Dallas comes out on top in this one, 20 to 17. Uh, it, it took all of the Cowboys to beat this Chargers team. And, and you know what? Can we blame Brendan Staley for this loss? Uh, it, it was it was close. 
I, I don't think you can blame him. I, I don't have a problem with him going for it. And um, No, they had to go for it there. They had to. They had to. There was no way they were going to stay with those guys. They're, they had no answer for C.D. Lamb. The guy was running wide open through that defense. And, and that's the only thing that I seen that was really horrible. I mean, Tony Pollard only had one big run. Outside that run, he, he wasn't that great. Um, I guess you could say Dak Prescott did what he had to do. I mean, he didn't give it away like he did the week before. Can I can I make a quick observation here? Please. Has Tony Pollard been a bust this year? I think so. I thought he was always a bust personally. So So did I. And I mean for a team that was so so excited and willing to move on from a guy who who was so beloved in Zeke Elliott there because they were so infatuated with Tony Pollard. I never understood it. I I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. You had a nice two-headed monster with the both of them. And Mike McCarthy's wasn't smart enough to figure out how to utilize them both. But I think this Cowboys offense would look so much better right now if they still had Zeke as an option with Pollard. Like, it it did. We've seen it before, and it looks better. I get it. Tony Pollard at times can be very explosive. But so far, he's been, in my opinion, a bust this year. Hit 15 carries for 30 yards in this game. Uh, And Austin Eckler jumped back in. I still don't think he was 100% healthy just from from watching this one. He had 14 for 27. Obviously, Dallas' defensive front's no joke, but my God. just This was just a – this was – the Chargers could have had their coming out party here, and they just couldn't fucking get it done. The the bigger story is – or the biggest story, I think, in this game was Dallas's defense bouncing back, or you can flip yeah. the narrative and say that the Chargers' offense just isn't doing enough to win. Um, I don't think Mike Williams is the difference. They were pretty much full firepower. They utilized Gerald Edward for the first time this year. Um, I I don't think they're going to the other guys. Uh, I don't think offensively that Kellen Moore is using. Uh, Quentin Johnson is probably arguably probably the best receiver that came out this year, and they don't even look his way. And to me, that just I I don't get that. I'm not gonna jump on Kellen Moore because I I don't I don't think he's a bad coordinator and um Mike McCarthy dodges another bullet that's all I'm going to say you know <laughs> it, it it took fucking a big sack right at the end of the game to stop them and um I don't know I I still don't think the Cowboys are that fucking good defensively they still got they got a good defense but offensively it just seems like they they just get lucky. They, I I mean sometimes better to be lucky than good, right? But Amen. I I just don't. I they can't run the ball consistently. Um, I I don't see the Cowboys as much as much of a threat in the NFC because there's enough pieces there. I think their offense can get fixed. But yeah, I I agree. They're not winning. They're winning despite their offense, right? Correct. Now. Um. Their their defense was very good against a, a, a good. I wouldn't call it on the road because. Obviously, whenever any team plays in SoFi, it gets rated. But against a, a, a decent Chargers offense, that was pretty much full power. And um, yeah, I don't Our, know. Their I offensive think line held up pretty good right till the did. end. Th- this was and just, then they kind of let up. This was just two underachieving teams. There wasn't a lot to hang our hat on, unfortunately. And I, and we need to see more from both of these teams. I still don't think the Chargers get in. 
I think that the Cowboys get in just because there's no clear cut team in the NFC outside of maybe Seattle, like the, the outside of the division winners. So, but I we yeah I agree, I, we need to see a lot more from both these teams, but in particular Dallas. I right. think we need to we're we're missing something with Dallas. They have too many pieces going underutilized for us to sit there and watch this and continue to think that they have something going. So, well, speaking of fans raiding a stadium, I will say uh, being at Raymond James this weekend. Well, our own Detroit Lions headed down there to play the Buccaneers. Um, that stadium was easy, a 50-50 split. And, and I was just absolutely shocked walking in. I knew there would be a good amount of Lions fans there, but there was so much Honolulu blue in that crowd this weekend. It, it Honest to God, it was – and obviously the Buccaneers didn't have – Buccaneers fans didn't have too much to be happy about here. But it was a, it was a split. When the Lions were, Lions were on defense, that place was loud. Um it was awesome game. I loved the creamsicle uniforms from Tampa Bay. I loved the throwback graphics they had going on in the stadium. It was a really, really cool experience. Great game to be at. Um, but, my God, did Lions fans really show out in this game. Uh, fun, great game to be at. Loved watching the Lions defense. I mean, Tampa Bay wasn't able to do much. They controlled the line of scrimmage completely on both sides of the ball. I thought Jared Goff did exactly what he needed to do to get the to get this game won. Um, Riverboat Dan didn't take any risks. He kept it in his hip pocket in this game, and I think it paid off. I actually loved watching this Lions team this weekend. And, and I think part of it is because they're just – they're very easy to fall in love with right now, but there's something special about this about this team and about this fan base right now. I know it sounds like it. I think I've, I think I've officially drank the Kool-Aid. I think I've drank the Kool-Aid. I got five things if you want to hear them. Let's go. Five things for week six. Lions over Bucks. Thing number one, four letters. J-A-M-O. It was incredible. So... Um, this is what we expect from Jamison Williams. This is why they have him. He unlocks things that this offense, you know, they, they have downfield options, but um, I'll, I'll never forget the sequence, of course. The sequence started with earlier in the drive. Um, he had a play where he had a drop, and people are instantly thinking, oh, there he goes again. People don't see that he completely shook off his defender and then came back and almost caught a really poorly thrown, underthrown ball, and he almost made a catch. It would have been for a first down, and people are thinking, yep, this guy's a bust. So sure enough, on that third down, that was Goff was, was, it was one of his best games. Goff was outstanding. For some reason on that drive, he wasn't sharp in particular. That was not a good throw downfield from Goff. JMO tracked it over both shoulders. If you go back and watch, he's looking over both shoulders, which is an incredible skill. He's tracking it over both shoulders. It's an underthrown ball, and then he doubles it up by catching the underthrown ball in an impressive fashion. And um, again, there's going to be points where they're going to be in sync, and JMO is going to be completely open downfield, and no one's going to be able to do anything about it. And he's a big boy. I don't know if you guys know that. He's 6'1", and he's huge to go along with that speed. So this is what we expected to see from JMO. I think there's a whole lot more 
Uh, I think he's just going to continue to get more reps, and they're going to keep introducing him in slowly, and it's going to open up their passing attack. Already potent passing attack, but their passing attack in a way that we didn't even imagine they were capable of doing going into the year. Uncle Sam, thoughts on J-Mo? Yeah, he made a nice catch on that play. I mean, yeah, he's just got to get acclimated to being out there. It just seems like to me he's just trying to get comfortable with being out there. And uh, that's huge. That's huge. That's Nothing gets more comfortable miss, than a touchdown. That's what happens when you miss four games. Yeah, well. I agree with exactly what you just said because on that drop, it looked he didn't. It didn't look at, like it looked like two different guys on that drop, and then on that. Again, everybody kept chanting "free JMO." They need to just let him go out there and run, just run up and down the field all day long. Yeah, they got to so, get him the reps. Yes, he's got to get, get his get reps. And if he doesn't get his reps, it's just it's useless for this point. You know, you can't blame him if he's not getting the reps. I would have liked to have seen him get a few more reps in that game. I think it would have made it a lot easier for the Lions to to push out ahead. But they, you know, they did what they had to do there. The third quarter, they had a drive, and in the fourth quarter, that was like seven minutes. I mean, that's what sealed the game was moving the sticks, and that was golf. It was all golf because they could not run the ball. They ran the ball for 40 yards. I mean, at this point, um, the defense was exceptional. The two inside guys were, were, were stuffing the run. They weren't allowing anything to get by them, and I, I thought they were excellent. I'd like to see uh, a little more with the rotationary guys on that defensive line. I would like to see Julian Aguara more. Hey, he had a sack. I want, he had a sack. I yeah, know. I want to see him more because I thought his pressure was that James Houston type smaller guy that's getting that pre- that push a little bit faster than than Kaminsky and these other guys. And I think that's going to make a difference yeah. defensively for them. I think you're going to start to see more and more of Julian Aquara on those pass rushing downs. That's exactly yeah. who he is. He's James and, Houston. And when Brian Branch comes back, I, I I'm not trying to – say anything against Tracy Walker or the rest of these guys in the secondary. But I I would have liked to see them jump routes. I, I had I had seen them try to do it a couple of times and they were just a little bit off to where they were gonna have an interception going the other way. I, I would like to see that a little more. Uh th- I do have more things. Thing number two, uh it's a negative one, the kicking game. Um, Riley Patterson missed, I think it was a 52 yarder, uh, at some point, just like in a game or two last year, it happened at some point, I can see a scenario down the road where the lions end up losing a game because they can't kick a field goal and, um, past 50 yards, past 50 yards. Um, and Riley Patterson missed a 52 yarder. It didn't cost them the game this time, but we got to be really careful. They're playing with fire. It happened in Minnesota last year. And um, we're we got to be really wary. Like they still haven't invested into the kicking position since they lost Matt Prater. And uh, I would love like people keep talking about trades and trades they can make. I would love for them to go find a, a kicker that they could trade for. That's on that list now that now that they're probably not probably they're they're for sure buyers at the deadline. You might need to go find a kicker because this has become very tricky, and you need a kicker to make those kicks. So. That what it's it's the exact scenario. There's only so many scenarios where they're going to kick, and it's 
you know, they're third and super or fourth and super long and they're 40 or 50 yards away and they can't punt it. They, they don't have no choice but to kick. And you need those points at some point. They didn't happen to need them this weekend, but we need to be really wary of the kicking game. Um, I, I think giving him more reps is the best thing to do. That That's my opinion. I, I mean, the problem the, is their I, MO I is they a, go I, for it. I think at this point it might be a confidence issue with him. Maybe, but their MO is that they go for those short yardage. Yeah, like that's has, just what they he do. He has the distance down. He's missing them. I, I disagree. I think he's got the from from closer as he's got the accuracy. But as the distance goes, that one he had the distance on that one. Correct. In preseason, he was short on a lot of things in with from fifty and back, and even and he was inaccurate from forty five and further back. Yeah. So I I agree. He had the distance on that one and yeah maybe you do like you got to get more reps but can you risk it like one of the reasons you're winning these games and you're and you're yeah, chugging the game, people the game reps mean everything they you know do they're still winning they it's still high won pressure situation it's a high pressure situation i'm with you on kicking yes. game reps do yes. mean everything look at jake it, moody look at jake moody there you go i'm with you but it's it's like you can't just create you, you can create reps for jameson williams you can't just create reps for your kicker it's well, tough. I, I mean, if you're going to try for a 50-plus field goal, 50-plus field goal, if you're not, I mean, what what has he been doing? He usually goes for it there, usually and that turns the ball over at midfield. But he's going for it because he doesn't trust his, his kicker. Correct, correct. Where I'd rather see him, what would you rather see him do, punt, let his defense play? No, I want to see if it, if it's they super did that long. This game. If it's fourth, which it was, it was fourth and thirteen, I think, when they kicked. If it's fourth and super long, like I want to see them kick it, but yeah. I understand why he goes for it at that point. So if that's the case, then maybe just if you're not going to kick the ball at all, just go for it. You need a kicker. You need a yeah. you need a serviceable kicker. They don't have to be perfect. You need Matt Prater to win in this league. You, you go find Matt Prater. Hit a fifty-yard field goal. Yeah. In this game, in today's game, if you don't have a guy. That can hit a 50-yard field goal. There's no reason for him to be on your roster. So it's something Where? to keep an eye on. It's something to keep. Where an eye is on. Matt Prater? Is he still in Arizona? He's in Arizona yeah. and he's still kicking 50-plus yarders. He hasn't been completely perfect since he's left. No, here. he's not as accurate as he once was. But, but he he's he's hitting 50 yarders. Distance, distance is not his problem. <laughs> so um, shots. Th- thing number three, uh, also a negative. Number three on Zolo's five things is I'm worried about the running game. Uh, I'm with you. That, to me, is bigger than the kicking game. I, I still think Graham Glasgow is a starter. That's why Vitae hasn't cracked it back in yet. I, I think that Graham Glasgow is now the starter at guard, but they were still down one. They were still down a guard this game. And um, they need to, in my opinion, I think they need to be more aggressive in addressing running back. I think they... With the, you need three guys. If if you're gonna introduce, if Jameer Gibbs is injured and David Montgomery's injured, you need three guys. If David Montgomery's playing and playing perfect, and you're still gonna introduce Jameer Gibbs slowly, you need three guys. I love Craig Reynolds. I love what he's done. Uh, I think the guards were more the story because Craig Reynolds was very serviceable last week with with the starting guards. Um, but you, you probably need a running back at this point to they're, get they're through the next few weeks. They're a better defensive line this week, too. Yeah. That had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Vita Vey is a one, handful One of the best. I, and I was trying to explain this to a lot of people. Tampa yeah. has three first-round picks on their defensive line. Correct. So yep. so I think that needs to be accounted for with the running woes this week. But they're playing a team that's good against the run again in, in week seven, which is Baltimore. 
and there's other teams on their schedule that can stuff the run. So at some point, I think that if these guys are going to keep getting injured, and I, I, you know, David Montgomery's banged up. I want him 100% before he gets back. You might need to get a running back, or you really need to get these guards healthy. Because if you're not able to, the second level, Uncle Sam, you know all about this. One of the things the Lions do really well is they they dominate in the trenches enough on the first level, which is A, B, C gap, in between the guards and in between the tackles. They're great. But in order to have success in the run game, you need to get into the second level, which is you need to block the linebackers and the safeties. And that was missing from this game. And I think one of the reasons that's missing is because you, you need your better running backs, number one. And number two, you need to activate your skill players to do some blocking. You know, you need there were scenarios where Gibbs and Montgomery were going to be on the field together and Montgomery can go and block a linebacker opening up lanes for Gibbs. And they need this. This Lions team needs their running game in order to have success. That's the Especially main to have they success do well. for this week coming. Yes. They had a hard time with uh, with uh, Devin White and Levante David. They're going to have another hard time this week with uh, Patrick Queen and obviously Roquan, Roquan Smith. Smith who those two are probably the two best tandem in the league right now that they're going to go up against this week. So uh, thing number four on Zolo's four things, Jared Goff might be the MVP of the National Football League at the moment. Uh, wow. If, hard, hard to speak against it. It's It was hard the talk of the day yesterday. Um it's probably him, Tua, and Purdy at the moment. I would say it's those three. Maybe you could sub uh, out Purdy I, I, from McCaffrey. You could kind of slide Purdy's name out of that. At the yeah, but you're, you're you. The rest, the, the betting favorites and the rest of the league favors yeah. Brock Purdy. Um, re- regardless. Um, if this continues on and Jared Goff continues to have the year he's having, mm-hmm. how, how could you not say it? So I think if they end up as the one seed in the NFC, which – People called me, people laughed at me, people close to me close to me laughed at me when I said I think the Lions are gonna go thirteen and four and even have a shot to go fourteen and three. I agree. Es- especially if they win this weekend. The two toughest games left on their schedule, in my opinion, become at New Orleans and at Dallas, which on paper are still winnable games. And I don't Baltimore think game coming up to the Baltimore game that, coming those up. Those are the three toughest Especially games if they win. If they win this weekend, they're looking at seven and one in the bye and, and they're very much in conversation they have the easiest schedule going forward in the nfc out of the the teams they're competing with so they're very much in like i i i want to cry talking about it but there's a chance that the road to the super bowl goes through ford field in the nfc and if that's the case it'll be because of jared goff and if that's the case jared goff will have to be in the mvp if they finish if they finish as the number 1 team in the nfc he's he's an mvp candidate like it's not it's undoubtable because of the way he's playing i agree and and i don't think he was perfect on sunday again that drive where they ended up scoring the jmo touchdown i thought he was a little off but just the way he was carving up a really good Tampa defense on the road and his confidence and his swagger yeah unable to run the, here let me let me explain something to you. On the road against a, a good defense, a very good defense, my man had to throw the ball how many times? Sam, you got the numbers? Between 30 and 40. It was it might have been north of 40. Uh he Jared Goff's stat line was 30 for 44, 353 yards and two touchdowns. Okay, he had to throw the ball again 44 times against a very Stout 
defense. Mm-hmm. Because and Tampa they were unable to run the ball. Healthy. They were pretty one-dimensional. And he showed that he could step up and carry his team. That, yep. to me, Something says MVP. Yep. I'm pretty I, I sure agree. this... I'm pretty sure this was the first time all year Tampa had Carlton Davis, Winfield, and um, God, his name's Jamil Dean on the field together for the first time this year, and they were and he was still able to torch them. Yeah, and there's there's bigger picture things to back this up. The Lions have won by fourteen stri- uh, fourteen plus in four straight. They now with that Niners loss, the the Lions now have the longest constructive streak i think it's 15 games of scoring 20 yeah. plus points which is huge um which brings me and to they're, the and last, they're 13 and three and they're 13 and since, three since last year 13 and three in their last 16 and that's because of yeah. jared goff he's been good and all that but that brings me to my last of my five things because i know we've talked a lot today the last of zolo's five things in the lions victory over tampa this week is if you're going against the detroit lions you better be perfect. You better be their A game because they are now one of the toughest outs in football. They are the only team that hasn't lost in regulation this year. I think if they win the coin toss against Seattle, they probably end up winning that game too. Uh, They are a top five offense and defense. They have the numbers to back it up. They're holding their opponents to under 20 points a game, and they are scoring over 20 points a game. I'm no math expert, but that is a recipe to win a lot of games in this league. So if you're playing the Lions, you cannot make mistakes. You better be healthy. You better be very skilled because they are going to be very— I don't think they're going to go undefeated the rest of the way, but they are a very tough team to beat. You have to be perfect to beat these Detroit Lions, no matter what, too. You have to give them your best shot. If there's an injury, you still got to give them your best shot. If you're on fire, you still got to play defense and give them your best shot on defense. If you're stopping them and stopping their offense, well, guess what? You got to try and find a way to score on their defense. They're giving knockout punches. They have won by 14-plus in four straight games. And for the second time in franchise history, the last time it happened was in the 30s. Okay, they are shit pumping teams, no matter who it is. This was a good team. I take stock in this win. I think beating Tampa on the road matters. Some people might not argue against that. Some people are going to say, I want to see you do it in Baltimore. I think they're playing a very good Baltimore team next week. And I love the opportunity for the Lions because one thing I haven't seen them do really well is defeat a mobile quarterback. I want to see them take down Lamar Jackson. Personally, gun in my head, I don't know if they're capable. That being said, you better be good if you want to beat this this Lions team because they are going to give you their best, and they are a very very tough out. Amen. I I I, I truly think the 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 best is yet to come with this team. They have they have some very tough games that are going to test them. This week coming is one of them. This Baltimore game is very important, I think, because this sets up to where. If, if they could pull off a win and go to Baltimore and beat a good team like the Ravens at home, that'll tell you where they're at. This will tell you for sure that this team is for real. I don't hold a lot of stock in Tampa. I know their defense was good, but the offense, I'm not a Baker Mayfield guy, but, you know, it is what it is. They went up against two stud receivers. Mind you, one of them was hurt, but – Jacobs and and Sutton held up very good against two very good wide receivers. They're getting better every and that, game. They're getting the better every week. 
and that, that defensive line is getting better every week. They, they have a big test with Lamar Jackson this week. I think the key to the game this week coming is real simple. Somebody better cover Mark Andrews. The tight end has destroyed that defense, and if they can cover him and keep him in wraps, they'll be fine. They should win that game. Can't agree anymore. Can't agree anymore. Zolo, you'll be there, right? I'll be there. Two rows behind the Lions bench. I'm excited. When are you, I hear you. When are you going? Uh, I leave Saturday morning. Beautiful. So Friday's show will be for DC. Absolutely for DC. I'm going to DC and driving to Baltimore. I heard it's not safe to stay in Baltimore. And it's not safe to park your car too far outside of that stadium. <laughs> so we're we're trying to make it short. But yes, I'll Are you trying to say Baltimore's a dangerous city, bud? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. You live in the most dangerous city in the country. What are you talking about? I've never seen The Wire before. Um, huh? But that being said, I'll be here Friday, and I, I should be back for a Monday afternoon show. That shouldn't be a problem. Beautiful. Sounds good. Beautiful. Uh, one quick piece of news before we end. Jalen Ramsey was activated off of IR, so he enters his 21-day window. Probably will not play this week, but should be ready to go for next week's game. The so, rich get richer. The rich get richer. Anything else to add, gentlemen? Looking forward to week seven. I I wonder how this, this next game is going to play in the psyche of Brock Purdy. That's what I'm waiting to see. Well, we're going to have to wait and see and find out. I, I just want to I just want to see if he can prove me wrong and come back and will his team to win this week. I don't know who they play offhand. Anybody know? Yeah, they play Philly, I think. They play Philadelphia this week? So you're going to have two teams that are coming off of losses. This should be a really good game, I think. Could, could be, be a, a really good game. Could tie. No, what, what? Miami won. Listen. Miami. Oh, you're talking about – I'm sorry. You're talking about San Francisco. Right. I'm are they sorry. playing Philly this week? No, they're, they're, they're Monday Miami. night, right, the 49ers? San Francisco plays Miami on Monday night. Oh, oh so, okay. they play so Miami. My, it is Miami. Oh, my bad. Oh. This should be interesting. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Okay. I'm confused now. They play Monday night at Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, they're playing Minnesota. All right, forget it. Forget what I just said. <laughs> All right. Unless, Thank you so much. unless uh, my man Kirk Cousins comes out and punches them in the hole. Who knows? Maybe Kirk Cousins has some hole punching in his future. He's punched a few holes in his day. <laughs> I'm sure. Don't you remember not how you like that? Huh? How about so that? Not as many as Philip Rivers. Uh, God bless right. Philip Rivers. Are we good now? We're good. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Tip Balls Podcast. Make sure to follow our socials, Instagram and Twitter at Tip Balls, TikTok at Tip Balls Podcast. If you are listening to us on Apple Music or Spotify, check out our YouTube. Remember to subscribe so you know when we're live. And that way you can come talk to us in the chat. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will actually be back on Friday.